You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Gary Van Meert fell in love with the early rock and roll sounds of the Sun Studio era in Memphis, Tennessee. So much so that he formed a band, the sensational Country Blues Wonders, adopted the Ernest Tubbs style clothing, and started playing around his hometown of Jersey City, New Jersey. He has just released his first album of original material, The World Will Break Your Heart. Gary is our guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Good afternoon, Gary. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Good, good. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with us today. I am talking to you in uh, New Jersey. Is that correct? Yes, I've lived in uh, New Jersey my entire life. Okay, awesome. My ancestors came here uh, and settled from Holland and Czechoslovakia, respectively. Okay, all right. Um, when uh, when did your musical journey begin for you? Is this uh, has this been a lifelong pursuit? Well, uh, it was pretty much a hobby for most of my life, and uh, I started playing out professionally when I was in my early fifties. Okay, wow. Um, as a solo project or with a with a band of some sort? Well, I, I play under the name uh, The Sensational Country Blues Wonders, and uh, I play with local musicians. What? Um, whoever's pretty much available. Yeah. So what prompted you in your 50s to make this more of a hobby? Uh, my work responsibilities uh, lessened and... Uh, it was something I, I always thought that I'd like to do when I retired. So, uh, you know, I said, why wait? Let me, uh, you know, get all my ducks in a row. And, uh, you know, plus there was a, 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 a an amazing art and music uh, scene going on in Jersey City and Hoboken. So I wanted to, you know, take advantage of that. Are you um, still working a um, day job? No, while I you did retire, yeah. Yes, I retired about a year and a half ago. Okay, all right. Um, so I, I, I listened to the uh, some of the tracks that uh, that you've got here on the current project. Um, my interpretation that feels a bit uh, maybe rockabilly, honky tonk. Am I? Is that kind of that that '50s '60s Sun Studio kind of feel? Is that? Am, am I reading that right? Absolutely. Uh, I'm a big fan. You know, Elvis was uh, my introduction to a lot of other artists. I discovered uh, a lot of the great uh, blues and country singers through Elvis's covers of their songs. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm a big Carl Perkins fan. Anything that uh, came out of Sam Phillips' song studio, uh, I adore. Yeah. So there's there's that, but there's, there's so many influences. I mean... Uh, when I was five years old, I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Ah, that, cool. You know, that got me started. And then I, I started tracing everything backwards, you know. I I, I realized that uh, the Beatles did recorded three Carl Perkins songs, so I thought to myself, he must be good if the Beatles, you know, did three yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that brought me to Carl Perkins, and, and I kept tracing things backwards, you know, when... Uh, when I became a fan of Carl Perkins, I started reading about him, and I read that he was influenced by Hank Williams. So okay, okay, 
went out and bought his record. So that would, that's pretty much the process. And I think I read that um, your first recording was actually a, a, a set of originals, and then on this new record, uh, if I've got this right, is mostly... I mean, the first one was covers, and this one is originals. Is that right? Yes, the first record was done in 2012, and it was covers of old blues and country songs. Uh-huh. And uh, this this album is entirely made up of originals, 10 songs. How long have you been a songwriter? Uh, not. I, I took a stab at it in my 30s, and uh, the stuff I wrote really wasn't that good. And uh, I started writing again maybe four years ago. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, through life experience and being exposed to more music. Sure, yeah. The results uh, were were much better. So, was it? Um, how how did you find the process of of writing songs in a particular genre? Were you were you that intentional about it? Were you writing it with the with these these fifties sixties melodies in in your head as you were as you were putting these songs together? Well, I, I you know I've been performing covers of old blues and country and gospel songs for the you know the previous eight years or so, so you know it, it kind of came to me pretty easy. I you know I have I, I was so familiar with how these songs were put together, and uh, you know I've always had a passion for that music. I've always had a passion for southern music. Uh, hard to explain why because I grew up uh, right. here. Right, yeah, yeah. But you know, and I and I recently and I recently made pilgrimages to uh, Memphis and Nashville, okay, okay, and, and New Orleans, and uh, you know, I just feel a connection to uh, to those areas. Yeah, the music that grew grew from those places. Did, did you? Uh, of course, you know, music that that kind of music in the fifties and sixties, I'm sure was was, you know. Uh, nationwide, if not worldwide, anyway. But um, uh, that that particular style of music is not really native to the northern part of this country. I don't believe, is it? No, but I, I think uh, when I was in college, you know, even though you couldn't find that music in America, it was available on European import albums. So I, I okay. discovered it back then and yeah. started buying a lot of import records and uh, got exposed to rockabilly, you know, and, uh, you know, it started with Elvis, the Sun Sessions, and then I started finding out about more obscure rockabillies and then discovered Hank Williams and uh, started listening to other country artists. Yeah. Buck Owens, Ernest Tubb. Yeah, right. Yeah, all that really cool. So, you know, yeah. it, it, all, it, it all, you know, and it was kind of fun to find all that music, you know. It was an adventure, really. Sure, yeah. Do you do you find that your audiences resonate with your nostalgic intention? Well, I I, I think I kind of give it my own twist. It, it's you know, it's, when I do a cover, I make it my own. Uh, and I think good songs are good songs. I think people always appreciate good songs. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you and, know, there's. There's some music that just never ages, you know. It right, of course. Yeah. And, and you actually do the whole uh, outfit thing, too, right? I mean, you you kind of take the persona on with the music. Well, I, I had fun, you know, dressing up. I, I Initially, I wanted to dress for the stage, and, and a few friends, 
you know, wanted me to kind of dress like Keith Richards or Johnny Thunders, and I, I thought, you know, that's been done to death. Yeah. And uh, I ended up in a, a Salvation Army, and I saw a cowboy shirt there, and the light bulb went off. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, when, and, and, you know, just dressing like some of these, uh, some of my heroes, you know, people like Ernest Tubb, uh, who, who wore these incredible outfits, uh, mostly designed by Nudie on stage. Yes, absolutely, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I tried to... to uh, to do that as best I could. I I can imagine that it would be uh, as much of a experience for you and your musicians as it is for the audience to 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 bring bring out the costumes and and the 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 music and put that all together and and probably more than just a just a stage performance. I mean, it's probably a show. I would imagine when you guys do that live. Well, you know, I I always I, I've always been. Uh, fond of entertainers I, I i you know some some of the musicians that you know come up on stage and and you know i dress better to clean out my my garage you know <laughs> to me to yeah. me you know you want to put a little effort yeah. in it to entertain people and, and give them something to talk about you right know? yeah yeah Do you... and, and jersey city and hoboken uh it has this incredibly diverse music scene there's no one sound here so there's really a place for you know, all kinds of music. We've got Zydeco bands and punk bands and uh, all, all, all different genres uh, here. So I, I knew there was a, a place for me. Did you Do you find that your music fits in a particular style of venue over another? Is, is it, um, when you when you take this show out, do you, do you find yourself landing in similar places? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I started playing in bars, you know, of course, that, that's, uh, and I started doing other things to the community, and, uh, I mean, you know, we, we would, I would just say yes whenever somebody asked me to play somewhere, yeah. and uh, it's taken me some very interesting uh, places. I played in uh, cemeteries, lumberyards, oh my. <laughs> art shows. Uh, we have an historic cemetery here in Jersey City, and they and they do concerts at the race funds. Okay. So I... I I've played there. I've even played in Macy's department store. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know, I, it, I I I love like uh, you know the uh, unusual venues. Do you do you find that the uh, the music crosses uh, age boundaries? I think it does. We have we have a, a well. The music scene here is comprised of uh, musicians from their twenties to their seventies. So uh, we we uh, you know we we play a lot of street festivals and, and events like that that draw a lot of people. So uh, uh, there are all ages there. When you when you bring this music to the stage, do you um, do you try to educate at all? Do you especially if you've got a younger audience? Do you when you do a cover? Do you do you do any of the background of the artist or the group as it was originally done? Well, I don't do that on stage, but uh, what I'm doing right now, I'm doing a program for the Jersey City Free Public Library. And since uh, because of COVID, because I, you know I can't play out any right, longer, right. Uh, I started recording a program called The Sensational Roots of American Music, and it's a half-hour program I record at home here. And uh, what I do is I sing classic uh, country blues and gospel songs and give people a little bit of history, a little narration before each song. So is it is it a, a podcast or is it video? 
No, it's actually on the, their YouTube channel. It's uh, and also my YouTube channel. So okay. you could just go to the Jersey City Free Public Library's uh, YouTube channel to watch. Okay, so you're actually doing a video presentation. Yes, it's. Uh, I, I've done five episodes so far. Okay, is that? Um, I, I would imagine uh, probably a lot of fun to do the research on that those shows. Yeah, it is, and, and also I, I've learned a lot about making videos. I do a lot of uh, fun stuff with green screens and uh, special effects. So it's uh, you know, it's, it's an entertaining program as well as educational. Sure. Yeah, I, I would uh, definitely uh, want to make sure that we. Um, get a link out there for um, for our audience to find that because I think uh, it sounds like it would be something that people would enjoy um, adding to this experience of, of understanding uh, how an artist interpretates this music and and um, you know it's we, we live in a time where um, a lot of people are nostalgic and I think it's uh, it's a good time for you to be doing this for sure so I've been told <laughs> it, it wasn't really it wasn't really a consideration i just you know it was a hobby and i and i said you know i i want to play the music i want to play so uh, i i didn't really consider the implications of going out to a punk rock club in manhattan and playing gospel songs <laughs> yeah right i can imagine you know, you know but what i found out greg was that People like good music, and if and if you and if you do it authentically and you do it with feeling, uh, th they appreciate it. You yeah. Know? Even if they, even if they're not religious, they they love a good gospel song sure. and they'll sing along. Yeah. Do you uh, do you ever feel like you are a uh, preservationist? Does that ever come to mind? Uh, I never thought of myself that way, but uh, I, I I just wanted to to really you know get this music out in front of people. Sure. I don't think a lot of, especially the gospel music. You know, it's a really an untapped genre, and uh, it, it's it's really incredible stuff. It's what what rock and roll was. Uh, it was the raw material of rock and roll. Elvis, you know, not only did he uh, hear country music on the radio and listen to blues on Beale Street, he also heard gospel music every Sunday in church. Right. And that influenced right. the sound too. So, they, yeah. you know, these are the the cornerstones of rock and roll. Right. And and so technology is amazing. We've got access to everything, but so much of uh, what it feels like um, roots in history, especially of music, is is just kind of buried under everything else. And so I uh, I applaud you for uh, having the passion to play this style of music and uh, to to mix in the covers and and you know with your with your video show even tell some of the stories. I, I without people with a vision like you have for this. This stuff doesn't doesn't make it into the next century, I don't think. So it's um, well, thank you, Greg. But you know, I, I I think technology has made it easier in a lot of ways because uh, when I was in college and I wanted to find these records, it was it was a lot of work. We used to go uh, to Manhattan. There were there were a lot of hello, yes. yeah. There were a lot of record stores in the East Village, and we used to go there. Uh, every Saturday morning and, and we'd have to go maybe to a half a dozen yeah. different different record stores to, uh, you know, find what we were looking for. Now you could just, you know, Google uh, what you're looking for and listen to it in a, in a matter of seconds. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, I, I agree. I, I think you, you have to know what you 
what you want to look for. <laughs> I guess that's what I meant by buried. You know, if you don't, if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know what to look for. <laughs> right. Well, well, you know, it's it's. It, I've always thought of it as a puzzle. You know, you're looking for all the pieces, and uh, yeah. I look for clues. You know. Yeah. You know, the Rolling Stones named uh, their band after Buddy Waterstorm. So I said, "Wow, that guy must be good then." So yeah. I, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So I said, let me let me check out Muddy Waters. So I bought Muddy Waters records, and yeah. you know that that's that's been my process. Yeah. Now the the record itself uh, is not out yet. It comes out in November. Is that right? The record comes out on November thirteenth. Uh, it's going to be available on Amazon, iTunes, uh, Napster, Spotify, Pandora, and all, and a lot of other online distributors. I I have a video out for for the. Uh, for one song, you know, it just came out a couple of days ago. The song is called "Privilege." Okay, and uh, that's on my YouTube channel as well. Okay, do you how, how far ahead uh, past this do you look? Are you still writing? Uh, do you envision that there's another one behind this one? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not writing now. I'm I'm pretty much uh, promoting this and uh, putting together the show I'm doing for the library. But uh, I definitely you know see myself doing another one especially now i don't know how much longer we're all going to be locked in, locked inside so uh i'm definitely going to take advantage yeah of yeah right i i would envision uh just uh globally that there's a lot of really cool music has been created over the last eight months um you know i i think once we do get back out there's going to be a rich flowing of all these really cool cool new songs that people like yourself have been able to do when you can't do anything else well, you know, it, it, it's it, the, the good thing is, again, we're back to technology. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do this uh, without technology. What I, what I did was I recorded demos of the songs, and uh, I sent them to uh, Nashville studio musicians who recorded uh, the instrumental tracks. Oh, okay. And I recorded the vocals at home here in my living room and then had somebody mix and master them. So I, I really didn't leave the house to do this. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and certainly a, uh, a nod to that uh, technology piece that you were speaking of earlier. It's um, uh, th this that seems to be something that's happened for a lot of musicians that you've been able to people have been able to record uh, pieces uh, all across the country and then have them put together and have this really cool finished project. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the results. Uh, you know, I think uh, what I did in 2012 was okay, but this uh, this I'm very proud of. What do you envision that, that being able to play this live uh, looks like for you once we can all get back out into some of these live venues? Do you want to go on tour with it? Will it be more locally? How will that look for you? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard because most of the musicians that I play with, you know, have full-time jobs and, uh, they're not going to be going on the road. I don't, I, you know, I've, of course I'm going to play locally when, when that's uh, available again. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, using the internet, I could get this music out to uh, a lot of people and, uh, yeah. You know, hopefully, uh, we're doing okay so far. We're actually getting played on a few radio stations. Yeah, so. Awesome. We got played. We played on an Atlanta, Georgia station, uh, one in Richmond, Virginia, and another one in uh, Princeton, New Jersey. Okay. So, uh, so well, far, so good. You, you, it's 
50s, 60s kind of classic American music, but it, it also fits into that almost that cowboy Americana genre. So uh, on the fringes, but still, it, I, it feels like it fits under that umbrella. So I, I, I would imagine that as this gets out, uh, I could see more people picking it up. Oh, it's, it's definitely Americana. I mean, uh, we got played on a show called Americana Garage. So. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so the the record is The World Will Break Your Heart. comes out November 13th. What's the best way for people to, uh, to get a copy, pre-order, reach out to you, maybe check in, dial into your show? Uh, they can contact me at my email, which is my name, Gary underscore Van Meert at Hotmail.com. I'm really not, I, I've done some physical CDs, uh, but for the most part, it's going to be online. But uh, if somebody wants a physical CD, they can contact me and uh, we'll work something out. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Gary. I don't know. You know, you know people aren't really buying CDs. Uh, I, so know. I know. I know. I, I hate that story. <laughs> I, I'm I'm old enough to to have had a huge vinyl collection and a huge CD collection, and I still enjoy both. And I I wish it was a medium that was still used to transport music because I. Um, I'm with you, Greg. I still buy records and uh, albums, 45s, and even 78s. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't buy eight no. tracks and cassettes anymore. <laughs> but no. I hear cassettes are coming back, so maybe so. <laughs> Well, you know, eBay is, is is really a good thing too because a lot of this, uh, a lot of the southern music was only uh, released regionally. Right. Sure. And those those records, you know, weren't available here on the East Coast where I am. So, you know, now now you have access to yeah. records from all over the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you, Gary. It's been fun talking to you about your music, and I certainly wish you the best with it. And um, looking forward to. To, to the more that comes as you uh, as you begin to share some of the other stuff. My pleasure. Uh, it's the sensational country blues wonders. The world will break your heart. Let's take a listen to a promo clip of Gary's upcoming record. The sensational country blues wonders. The new album is called, The World Will Break Your Heart. I'm afraid of every goddamn thing. I'm afraid of what each new day brings. I'm afraid I'm hanging by a string. I'm afraid of every goddamn thing. Said it to the big house you see. My baby stabbed me with a steak knife. Soon she'll be in penitentiary. It's a privilege. To know all of you.
the world, will break your heart. By the sensational, country blues wonders. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.